Welcome to The Last Dance. And this is Keith Gottschuk with you. All things climate change, climate emergency. And yes, we have a new camera angle here. I've decided that the tripod is just too much for those of you on YouTube. For those of you listening on a podcast, well, you know, imagine putting a tripod away and setting up a camera on the bar where I am broadcasting from. This isn't a broadcast. This is a podcast. I know. I was used to be in radio, so I'll slip into the radio thing every now and then. Just humor me. There's a, a lot to talk about. And actually, I wanted to do a show last week. Um, just a lot going on and never never really got around to it. So um, I have a feeling I did that one. Did the Trump one? Yeah, I think I did the Trump one. But just as long as you understand that... Um, you know, you can't get reliable climate information on government red websites in the United States anymore because they're being purged. That's right. Our our government right now is um, under the uh, the Trump regime is uh, removing everything from the from federal sites that deal with climate that use the terms climate because they they. I don't even know where to go with. It. I really don't even know where to go with this. This is this is something that 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 uh, I'll just say authoritarian states do. I want to say fascist states, but you know we're not quite there, but we're getting close. Um, you know when the when the jackboots come down the stairs here in my basement to drag me away from my computer, hell with that fascism, ah, fascism. All right, fight the power, man. All right, without trying to get too too weird. Um, and July was the hottest month in human history. Let's so all make that clear. Without a doubt, the hottest month in human history. Breaking, I think, July 2016. So, if you are on... Um, I've got all the links to all my other sites. I am, on, I am on Twitter. And if you go to hashtag Climate Brawl, you can follow along with... Um, a good number of climate scientists who are fighting the deniers in climate brawl. And if you want to learn how to rebut a lot of the the nonsense that you hear being spewed by climate deniers, uh, that's a good place to go. Hashtag climate brawl on Twitter. And uh, man, I am dry, so I need a little water. The other thing I need is a new bar stool. This thing wobbles it has no back and one of these days i just know i'm going to spill backwards over it one thing i've noticed though um i am on reddit now i should probably bring that up i'm, I'm personally you know that what do i know about reddit uh, apparently not as much as i should know because i have just uh started but there are areas on reddit and one of them is r slash collapse which i am active in and i have found a great deal of good information on r slash collapse on reddit it's got a lot of people in there and it's not you know when you think of reddit maybe you're thinking something closer to like 4chan or 8chan and it's not like that there are a lot of serious people who've done their homework and there's a there's certainly a good good amount of gallows humor um it's doomism to be honest with you, there's no real getting around uh, that, but uh, they'll certainly back up their doomism. Now on Facebook, and you'll get my links there, obviously, um, if you want to follow the little Facebook site that I have that's connected to this show. There are two groups that I am a member of that I would recommend to you. One is, 
I say this. One is a group for people who believe it is absolutely hopeless, and that's called the Near-Term Human Extinction Support Group. It's a support group for those who believe in near-term human extinction. I know this is, believe me, we can get into this in a bit. I know a lot of people out there, I don't want to hear this. Don't tell me this. Tell me there's something, you know, okay, there's a second group for you. It's called Positive Deep Adaptation. Now, in both these groups, you have to ask to join. And I'm not sure they may ask you a few questions, you know, just to kind of gauge where you're at. Positive Deep Adaptation is a group um, that believes that a remnant of human society can eventually be changed. Adaptation, deep adaptation means doing a number of things, not just to live simply, but to live almost primitively in sort of a, an area of self-sufficiency in parts of the globe where that would be um, where that would be possible. And I'm going to kick myself because I should have had this in front of me. Um, there is a um, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick here. No, I'm not looking for for Jen, not my Facebook friend Jen. J E M Bendel. All right. Jen Bendel is the climate scientist and is the, the godfather of the Positive Deep Adaptation site. And you can find things that he's written uh, that talk about the possibilities of coming out of this with at least, at least some semblance of human community. So those are the two Facebook sites that I would recommend to you, uh, depending on your outlook. The, um, the people over at uh, Near Term Human Extinction Support Group uh, would rather you be in positive deep adaptation if you're going to, as they put it, pedal hopium. Hopium, I can't believe, it, is is a, is a term that means peop- if you hold the idea that there is hope of getting a solution, whether it be social or technological, to near-term human extinction or climate change or, you know... Don't peddle hopium in that site. Now, you can believe what you want to believe, and I, I think the fact that the site is a um, is a support site says something, and I wouldn't be in it if it weren't. I could be in my, uh, my Reddit group, but you'll find a lot online, Reddit groups, Facebook groups that deal with rapid climate change and what we're facing, and try them out. Just because you join them doesn't mean you have to, you know, stay with a particular group. And you'll find maybe a community there that you um, you click with, and maybe that will will help you. Speaking of hopium, um, I'm trying to limit the number of stories here, but there is a uh, a story you should follow the bulletin of atomic scientists. Okay. Um, one of the things they're talking about is there was a leaked draft of a report on climate change and land use. You're probably hearing a lot about that. Uh, being debated in Geneva, Switzerland by the intergovernment, ever intergovernmental, I didn't have enough coffee, planet, planet, you know, I just don't like cutting and, and taking, you know, another, you know, take five, take intergovernmental panel on climate change. States. It will be impossible to keep global temperatures at safe levels unless there's a transformation in the way the world produces food 
and manage land. Humans now exploit 72% of the planet's ice-free surface to feed, clothe, and support Earth's growing population. At the same time, agricultural, forestry, and other land use produces almost a quarter of greenhouse gas emissions. So there's a lot of, a lot of bleakness in here, but the call is to land, manage land more sustainably so that it releases much less carbon than at present. Which, of course, always leads to the smart asses to start talking about cow farts and how they produce methane. Well, I actually, there is a percentage that is contributed from cow farts. Okay. I don't want to get into a long discussion about methane as the, the most deadly of all um, emissions that will ultimately land up in frying the planet, but. There's a whole lot more to this. And I bring this up because there isn't a chance in hell of any, any of this actually happening. Okay? There isn't a chance in hell of any of this happening, especially in the United States. Okay? Farms in this country have a noose around their neck, basically, when it comes to eking out every last bit of productive land. We, we do not have sustainable farming in this country. In a lot of other countries right now, global climate change is rapidly destroying a lot of their cropland. In the Midwest and the United States, you'll notice that a lot of it is underwater. Um, this is not going to happen. It would require too great and too fast a transformation of industrial agriculture. And I hate to say that, but really anybody who's honest with themselves... And knows a few things. I used to live out in farm country when I lived in Illinois and Iowa. And I'm telling you, this cannot happen fast enough. It simply will not happen fast enough. More water time. Ugh. All these all these pills to keep me sane, you know, so I can deal with this stuff without getting too overly emotional. Dry your mouth out. Anyway, along with that, before we take a break, let's talk about Germany, Deutschland. Uh, two things are going on right now that are very, very bad for the Germans. Uh, the first thing is that the Rhine River is running so low that there is some uh, concern that it may be impassable at some point soon, at least for periods of time. Uh, a great deal of German industry moves raw materials up and down the Rhine River, and that is a growing concern. There's a number, you can go online and see it. There's a number of pictures that show the river at certain points. It looks more like uh, a muddy creek out here in the backwoods of Pennsylvania. So that is a problem, a big problem. But the other one that came out is that Germany is losing its forests. In fact, the official uh, German news agency, Deutsche Welle, um, as a report that says Germany's parched forests are nearing ecological collapse. More than one million established trees have died since 2018 as a result of drought, winter storms, and bark beetle plagues. And the more that happens, obviously, the more that the forest can't absorb carbon. Um, it, the report goes on to say that Germany's forests are undoubtedly suffering as a result of climate change with millions of seedlings planted in hopes of diversifying and restoring dying forests. It's a catastrophe. German forests are close to collapsing. Um, I need to go on to talk here a little bit about dramatic tree deaths, uh, when it will end, 
so on and so forth. They don't know when it will land. Um, and, excuse me, they've ordered special fire trucks now um, that would fight forest fires that they expect to start as this timber grows drier and drier. We're having the same problem. I, I read recently that the Joshua trees in Joshua Tree Nas National Park are in danger of disappearing soon as well. And certainly when we had the government shutdown and they opened the park, the Trump regime opened the park without any uh, forest rangers there and people suddenly decided, Ooh, let's go, let's go three-wheeling through the park, you know, destroyed a, a number of the trees. All right, it's time for me to get maybe take a little more water, take a little break. Just want to mention the music here that I play on Last Dance is carefully chosen. Is carefully chosen because it's all it's all thematic. I'm trying to get a uh, trying to get more of a uh, variety. Um, it's really easy to play this. I mean, you could play this all day. Come on, Barry, hit it. Oh right, I got to turn the thing up right. Yeah, you old people know this one, right? Eve of Destruction, Ray McGuire, back in the 60s. The Eastern world, it is exploding. The violence yeah. flaring. That's an easy Bullets one. Loading. You're old enough to kill. Yeah, let's do something. But not for voting. And a Nanorama from 1984. It has been a cruel summer around the world. I know, there's a little bit of that, that radio creeping in there. Sorry, folks. Keith Gottschalk with you. We'll take a little break and come back with more, including the iguanas and the airplanes, both of which I can relate to in a certain way. Anyway, we'll be right back. Keith Gottschalk here on Last Dance, YouTube, and Podcast. Another easy selection for this subject. We're all about abrupt global climate change. We're all about bearing witness to what's happening to our Earth and to the people around the planet. Again, we uh, we run on all the major podcasts. Um, 
have a Facebook site, a blog, of course, and everything's linked to. And now I can see that my um, my sound. Uh, it's a good thing you can do a lot in Audacity. That's all. That's all I can say. It's free. Get that free. Couple, I'll say. I'll save the iguanas for last. Let's. We'll talk about um, so much of what is happening as a result of climate change seems kind of mundane, but it all adds up. There's a, a story on, of all places, the Daily Mail, and I know it's been on other places, but this is the easiest place for me to get it. If you're planning on taking one last trip to see Europe, first of all, I'm going to tell you right now, if you go to the popular places, they're swarming with tourists from around the world. I mean, Europe is full in terms of, in terms of uh, tourism. And there's a lot of folks that are very upset at the influx of tourism. Amsterdam, uh, some other places that are popular, Paris, uh, Vienna. There's a little t- picturesque town in Austria. They're overrun by people, overrun by people. So you might want to go someplace where people don't normally go. I don't know. You know, everybody wants to see the same damn things. You know, everyone wants to see that little that little mermaid in Copenhagen. You ever see people looking at that thing? First of all, it, it's not very big at all, and it's on the end of kind of a little little rocky uh, outcropping, and so you see all these people that are they're balanced in a big mob back there trying to take pictures of this little thing. I mean, really, just just why? I don't know. Anyway, I didn't have any water on the break. I'm- <sighs> That's part of being borderline. You just put yourself down. So if you're going across the ocean, here's something you need. If you are like me and you do not like turbulence, turbulence makes you very nervous. Turbulence makes you reach for that Ativan or that Valium or whatever benzo thing you, you I don't other Xanax, whatever, makes you reach for that, start popping them, maybe even following them up with some very expensive airline scotch, which you shouldn't do. Not do that. I'm just going to put it out there. You will find that now your transatlantic flights are going to be more bumpy because of climate change. Jet streams um, have become 15% more sheared. I, Lord, you know, I I need a pilot here. Uh, you've heard of wind shear, right? Okay. Kind of like that. You get in the upper atmosphere, the greater the shear, the difference in wind speed or direction over a short term, blah, 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 the greater the turbulence. That you will get a lot of it is going as you go up you go between thermal climbs here i am with another 20 dollar word uh basically that is simply the levels of temperatures that go up i'll make it real simple for you then flights are going to get a lot bumpier and maybe you have noticed that but i have not noticed that on north atlantic flights i've noticed that on north pacific flights i i've seen pictures literally of of uh, flight attendants heads going through the roof it's like no I don't have to crash to die. You know, my heart will go. If something like that happens, it's, it's over. I'm not even going to have time to wet my pants. I'll just have a massive heart attack right there. Don't want any part of that. But I've, I've known people. Turbulence doesn't bother them at all. I, I had One of my best friends was a, for, was a former, well, because he's deceased now, but he was an air traffic controller. And no matter what the plane would do when I'd fly with him, he was as cool as a cucumber. And he always looked at me and laugh and smile as I'm gripping, you know, the 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 arms of my seat it's keith pilot knows what he's doing this is not severe turbulence you haven't seen severe turbulence but as a uh, vertical wind shear gets worse and worse you will find that going to see the last of the the earth will make your plane rock and roll so if you have a problem with that 
just prepare. I really wanted to see Europe one more time. I'm not sure I'm going to do that. I'm not sure I'm going to have the time or the money or the patience for that. So we're going to Key West in October, my wife and I. Now, uh, which brings me to Florida. If there is a state in the nation, in this, in the United States, that is suffering more than Florida, I, I don't know what it is. Climate change is hitting Florida like a knockout punch from Muhammad Ali, okay? There's so much going on with Florida, and one of the big problems is a lot of the invasive species that people brought into the country, various snakes and iguanas and other creatures have displaced, especially in the Everglades, a lot of the uh, native flor- f- you know, uh, animals, I was going to say flora and fauna, whatever, uh, and they're moving north. So let's talk about, let's talk about the iguana. Flor- South Florida Sun Sentinel, used to be known as the Fort Lauderdale South Sun Sentinel, but whatever, runs a story, um, let me try and turn this so you can kind of see what we're talking about here on the computer screen without destroying the set okay can you see this that is the iguana one of a few iguana types that 10 years ago you would be hard-pressed to see one in south florida now uh you can't get away from them they're everywhere and they're moving north so what the um florida fish and wildlife conservation commission said that things were getting so bad that they um, basically gave Floridians a license to kill as many of these creatures as they could. They forgot to add something, though, to that. They forgot to add how to do it. So what do you think happened, right? Floridians went for their guns, and it was open season, bang, bang, on the iguanas. Now, you're probably asking me, how do you, how do you kill one of these creatures? People were using high-powered air rifles to try and be humane, but then some kid in his yard got shot in the leg by somebody who aimed at an iguana and missed. Now, personally for me, I have a hard time seeing these things be killed. However, they are everywhere. They're crawling on people's roofs. They're pooping on their windows. They're eating everything that moves. They're going north. They're heading for Orlando. Um... If people had not, you know, here's some of the other things they're talking about that were brought into the state. Ball pythons, Argentine tegus, many other native, non-native animals can be bought, can be bought in Florida at reptile shows, pet stores, and over the internet. And despite the state's support for killing the iguanas, it's still legal to buy them. So I think about a week after the uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission said, please kill or iguanas, they came back and they said, unfortunately, and this is a quote, unfortunately the message has been conveyed that we are asking the public to just go out there and shoot them up, said Rodney Barreto, a member of the commission, said in a written statement, this is not what we are about, Florida. Of course it's what they're about. This is not the Wild West. If you are not capable of safely removing iguanas from your property, please seek assistance from professionals who do this for a living. Now, <laughs> sorry, I, I can't. How pernicious are the iguanas? Um, they talked to some some Floridians. One woman said, there's a parking lot next to where I work. And I go there and eat lunch. Ten years ago, like she said, I'd, I'd never 
would be lucky if I saw one. Now when I sit down and open my food, they suddenly start crawling toward me. About a dozen. Slowly crawling toward this poor woman. I guess they've sensed that she has food. I don't know about you, but that, I would get very unnerved. But again, what does, I should probably have said something about, of course, it's warmer, it's warmer longer, it's hotter, you have invasive species as climate change continues to progress and these things are going to move north because the farther north you go, it's going to get warmer and warmer in North Florida. But they're, they're everywhere. And I, I told my wife, I said, well, when we get in the hotel, it's a couple things. One, before you get out of the car, you know, take a look at the parking lot between the car door and the front of the hotel. Okay, make sure there's nothing there that will do you harm. So it's kind of like visiting Australia where it seems every creature there wants to kill you. In the morning, do the same. I don't even know if we should check our shoes in the morning. I don't, you know, um, basically anytime you're out of the car. But in Key West, thankfully, you cannot shoot anything because in the Florida Keys, the only place in Florida where it is illegal to basically fire, fire firearms or fire guns or whatever. So in any case, there's one other little story about the iguanas that's, that's kind of humorous. Is I, I try and lighten this stuff up if I can. At... Uh, Parts of Florida, the iguana, of course, is cold-blooded, where you can have cold nights, and the iguanas, a lot of them are in the trees. So they're in the trees, and let's say it goes down to 51 degrees. That's the magic temperature. And so what happens is at 51 degrees, the iguanas in the trees basically go into a, a kind of hibernation state, and they fall from the trees. They literally... And I don't know. I, I don't think it. I don't think it kills them. But can you imagine being a homeowner in Florida on a cold morning, fifty-one degrees, and you stand out on your porch and watch the iguanas fall from the trees? Poop, poop, poop. I don't even want to go under trees. Long. I don't want an iguana falling on. You know, it just seems kind of funny. As long as they don't die, and it is a poop, poop. You know, falling from the tree. If you can imagine that. And they talked to some poor homeowner. The iguanas on the roofs actually find a way to poop on the windows from the roof. It's just it's just gross. They're, they can be very very gross animals. So anyway, have I missed have I missed it? And there's so much to talk about. And I know that I just I'm trying to keep this down. So you know I don't want this to turn into an hour long podcast because that's just too long. Didn't listen. Um, some other headlines. You may have read over the past couple of weeks, animals failing to adapt to the speed of climate crisis study finds. Uh, deadly infections emerging because of global warming. Let's see, current warming unparalleled in 2,000 years. You kind of getting the idea here? Um, climate change, Tim Flannery, very fast, very big and fast moving. Um, Brazil right now is doing all it can to wipe out the largest carbon sink in the world, the Amazon. The impacts of extreme heat on mental health. I think we've talked a little bit about that. Uh, when it's hot in the cities, people tend to commit more um, crime. Drives people crazy. The Arctic wildfires. Oh, that was one. Let me just real briefly before we... And we'll just, we'll just cut it at that. There was some debate on the Reddit thread that I, I follow, r slash collapse, about the fires in Arctic Siberia. How big, 
how big was the fire area? Now, now let's not, you know, not trying to make too much light of it because this is really serious, and this is the this is the new normal. We're going to see the Arctic is on on fire. If we lose the Arctic, literally, we lose the world. When you've heard of, the, of course, the ice melting, the the glaciers on Greenland. When we have a blue ocean event, when the entire Arctic is free of any ice, that ice which used to reflect that sunlight back, then we start we accelerate more, more of a feedback mechanism to accelerate and make climate change worse. But the fires, of course, and we're worried about permafrost melting and releasing uh, the methane, which is which would be catastrophic. Um, but Amidst all this concern, there's a debate about how big the Arctic fire was in Siberia. Was it one Belgium, three Belgiums, one France? So I took the figures, calculated, and I said, it's sort of like a Montana and a fourth of a Montana is on fire. And then the other people came on and said, no, 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 you're just looking at the smoke. And I was like, well, so I thought I'd start thinking about that. Are we missing the point here? Are we, are we, missing, are we missing the point here? Can you imagine in the contiguous 48 states where the entire state of Montana was on fire? It just boggles the mind what's going on. It really does. I mean, to end on a, on a serious note, it's, it's literally mind-boggling. And uh, as always, you know, I'm glad to take care of yourself. Do not, uh, do not bury your head into this kind of news for too long if you're susceptible to it psychologically i mean even i have to uh, back off myself it gets to be too much it really does all right let me play some of my favorites going out this is keith gotchuk and you've been listening to the last dance podcast and youtube channel all the links are uh, in the program notes And I'm going to say, we're all witness, so take care of yourself. And we'll see you next time.